When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 73. Hmm, I think 73 is one Charlie McAvoy. I think this is the Charlie McAvoy episode. That sounds about and now right. That, and now that I think about it, Connor, next episode will be 74, which will be the Jake DeBrusque episode, which could be when he gets traded. So, that would be a first. That would be like... Hitting the lottery in a sense, you know. Considering what our considering what our timing usually is on this podcast, like that'd be a, a slight <laughs> miracle if like we drop that and it's the same day that he gets traded. You know what actually would happen is we would record it, have it be like, Oh, it's a Jake Nebraska episode ah, and then he gets traded like the next morning. That would be like what yes. would actually happen. Yes. No, that would. Or it would happen like right after and we would be like, Well, we gotta record a whole new show now. Yes. So uh but yes, anyways, uh that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I've been better. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing better. Um, how are you? You tweeted out on Wednesday that you were in COVID protocol with a very mild case of COVID nineteen. Uh, how are you? Give the people some insight into how you're doing. Uh, at this point, Evan, I'm uh, pretty much bored. Uh, again, very mild <laughs> case, which I'm very thankful about. I have to imagine that getting two shots plus the booster uh, helped out quite a bit in that regard in terms of it being a very, very mild case. If you ask me what it was, it felt like a mild cold. Um, so I'm on the upswing now. Pretty much the only thing I can't do is uh, enjoy uh, taste or smells that much yet. So I've yet to have a beautiful Dunkin' coffee. Even mm. if I did, it would be uh, probably a very unfortunate situation where I couldn't have that beautiful caramel swirl, those real yeah, the aromatic smell uh, of a beautiful Dunkin' Donuts. Have not experienced that in over a week, but what can you do? You roll with the punches, but all things considered, on the mend. Hopefully, we'll be out of quarantine very shortly uh, and be back at a Bruins game very soon, which, based on how this team is playing, it feels like I have not missed all that much. <laughs> you have not. Also, I said this to you before we started recording. They're at West. So it's not like you're missing a bunch of stuff in person, yes. thankfully. It's I, did miss, I didn't miss my plane ticket to uh, Edmonton. Don't worry. <laughs> Shucks. Damn it. Yeah. To go see them lose 2-1 to one in a shootout to the Canucks. Oof. Um, but yeah, it's good to see you're doing better. Obviously, we all wish you the best. Hope you're well. People remember, I think we were doing Poke the Bear back when I was in quarantine. I didn't even have COVID. I was just in quarantine for close contact. This was before like uh, those vaccines came along. It was it was all that stuff. It was uh, I was in a hotel for like two weeks, I think. So people might remember how stir crazy I went in there. I can't imagine actually having it and not being in a controlled hotel, being in just like a room. So hopefully you'll, you're you're feeling better. You'll, it's building your character up. You know, you're, you're it's, yeah, it's exactly. Antibodies now between the three shots and actually getting COVID, the antibodies are yoked right now. So <laughs> antibodies are on another level. <laughs> yes. uh, the antibodies are probably better enforcers for the Bruins than the actual enforcers on the team. Ooh, hinting at a topic we'll talk about later. Um, I think I'm actually getting my booster 
right after we record this. I think I'm heading over and getting the third shot. So I'll be, hopefully I don't feel sick. Hopefully it's like I can avoid that, but somehow I know I won't. I, I drink, feel like drink plenty of fluids. <laughs> drink, and drink also don't have, and also don't have COVID because afterwards I was like, Oh, I feel like <laughs> shit like four days afterwards. I don't, I don't think this booster is supposed to last that long. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you know what this might be. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my friends was just telling me that she got the booster and said, man, I felt so sick afterwards. But it was because I had COVID. So yes. I tested negative on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I should be A-OK. Anyways, we have real Bruins things to talk about. Uh, Bruins lost to the Canucks 2-1 to one in overtime – or 2-1 in shootout, excuse me, uh, on Wednesday night in what was really a game. If you didn't stay up for it, let me tell you something, folks. You missed you didn't miss zero. <laughs> you missed nothing. Uh, and we get that again tonight, Thursday night, uh, against the Oilers. Obviously, this will come out afterwards, but I still think the topics we talk about are going to be – these are going to be kind of evergreen topics that I They'll imagine we'll be talking about. They'll carry over. So the first one, and I think this is pretty good, but bad – or not bad, but Jeremy Swayman's playing out of his mind of recent. Uh, ever since the calendar turned to December, the last three games, ever since the uh, Black Friday game, he's been lights out. I think 94 of 98 uh, saves and shots – He's been terrific. I mean, he's, I think it was you who tweeted. He's basically gotten you the last four points that you've gotten, um, if memory serves. But it's also coming at a not so great time because Tuka Rask is coming soon and you can't put Allmark through waivers and it's, you're not going to trade Allmark. The only move is to send Swimming down to Providence. Hard to send Swimming down to Providence with a 922 save percentage. What do you do? What comes yeah, next? It's one of the situations where every single turn we've had with this goaltending situation, it feels like a situation that already was going to be pretty tough, awkward to navigate, whatever word you want to use going into the year. It seemed like every time like it seemed like there's a positive development, there's like another complication around the corner. So like, you know, at this point I think we've all accepted that Tukarask is probably coming back. And if you asked me like a few weeks ago if the the best situation to kind of allocate those reps was to give Jeremy Swayman time down in Providence. It'd be like, it makes it makes about right. That you know, it makes sense, right? I mean, he was at that time was hitting a little bit of a wall. I think his save percentage was like nine oh seven, nine oh eight. So give him steady amount of reps in Providence, get his confidence back while you have Duke Rask back up here. Great, everyone more or less wins. I'm sure there's Bruins fans who just want Swayman up here all all year round. But what are you gonna do? Can't now say I blame different. those people either, but yeah, I, I, of course, yeah, not much you can do. Um, but now you're in a situation where he's playing great. I mean, his save percentage, I think, is he's it's gone from 908 to I think 922 in the span of six days. Uh, it's helped out quite a bit by that pro by that not Providence by that uh predator shutout that he had <laughs> a few yeah a week ago. <laughs> that would help. That would help the save percentage <laughs> a little bit. A team that can't even play right now. Um, but. You know, he's really come around and rebounded well. And again, it's not like uh, it's a situation where like the the Bruins are dying to send him down to Providence. Like in a best case scenario, you'd want it to probably be Rask and Swayman right now based on how they're playing. But you're stuck in a situation where even though the, the numbers and the production probably signal that Swayman's been the better goalie and has, I mean, we've talked about it before with how he plays that even though he's had, you know, he falls into a rut or two, it's a sign of a, a good young goalie that he doesn't let that kind of hinder his performance and he bounced back and he needs to play better. But if you look at the way that the landscape of just this goalie core right now, once Rask comes back, I mean, 
what else do you do? I mean, unless like something drastic happens where let's say like Omar gets lit up tonight and he gets lit up the next couple of games and he's got like a 890 save percentage, then you're like, all right, we got to, I guess, roll a three-man rotation and Omar's just not going to get a lot of reps. Like that's the only other feasible scenario you can kind of look at. But uh, if you look at, if you had to just stick with two guys, is it fair? No, but it's probably Rask and Omar is who you go with. And it's, it's a tough situation because it, it more or less comes down to all of it when you weigh all the factors, just being like, this is what you got. Like, and it's not a great situation. And, you know, we've talked before about, you know, should it have been Swayman and Vladar? Should it have been Swayman and insert 35-year-old veteran dude willing to sign a one-year <laughs> deal, right? There's always them every single year. It's like running, it's like veteran running backs and free agency for football, right? Like, there's always those guys out there. Should they have done that? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Should they have Adrian Peterson in that? Um, But, you know, you can go through all those different scenarios, but at the end of the day, this is kind of the hand that you've been dealt with, with Olmark and and Swayman and now Rask. And the only kind of tenable scenario right now, at least barring anything super drastic is Swayman down in Providence, which is a tough pill to swallow, especially if, you know, let's say he pulls together another two, three really strong performances before Rask comes back. But, other than that, what else are you really going to do? Like, I don't think you're moving Olmark uh, with that no movement clause. So what other real options do you have? You don't. And that's that's kind of where you're stuck is you would have to say we don't want Tuka Rask back, which I think is dumb because you're getting him cheap and he's healthy. And I think that overall works well. I don't, I don't know. Like that that's the issue. We've said this all along. We said this over the summer. Like the worst case scenario is them both being average and not knowing which one to like play the other over. But now you're getting it where they were average, and it's like, oh, the Bruins need Rask back. And now it's like, oh, the one guy who is going to be like kicked out of that equation is be is gonna is playing out of his mind, which makes you wonder if the Rask thing has been kind of motivating for someone like Swayman. Like if he's like, no, screw you guys. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> screw you guys, I'm going home. It's screw you guys, I'm not going home. So <laughs> great subpar reference. Let, let, let's print the t-shirts. That'll be when we do our poke the bear merch. That'll be Swayman with just a little pocket on. <laughs> yeah. Screw you guys, I'm not going home. Uh, but anyway, I, I actually do a pretty good Cartman impression. Oh, it's pretty good. Uh, I should move into voicing over for South Park. But I do think that at the end of the day, um, Swayman did pick a weird time to go off because he has gone off and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's such a weird situation. This is what we keep going back to this. Like there's no right answer. Um, The only thing is Swayman goes down to Providence, gets more reps, but why would you send a hot goalie down to Providence? Um, So I don't know. That's going to be very interesting to see. The whole Tuka Rask thing I think is – you you want him back? I just don't know when that's going to take place. It feels like it's coming in the next like week or two. Um, but anyways, moving on. Uh, one of the other big takeaways from Wednesday night's game was Patrice Bergeron was basically has a broken nose for like the twenty fifth time in his career. It's really like seventh or eighth, but he says he's out of male modeling. Like I think there so, some might disagree that he's out of male modeling, but whatever. He's, we'll he's, leave he's, that up there. Just, just punching <laughs> holes in the wall. Not even the steering, just ripping the steering wheel off. Just uh, he is a male model. Um, but he wore a bubble for uh, Wednesday's game. He wore a bubble for a while, and uh, Burroughs, not, not Alex, Alex Burroughs. What's the guy's first name? I'm totally blanking on his first Kyle, name. Right? Kyle, right? Kyle Burroughs. It is because I. It, it's Kyle Burroughs. Uh, basically, cross-checked Bergeron in the bubble, <laughs> right near the in broken the nose. Now, now, I don't know. It's hard. You can't. 
it's hard to, you know, know what was going through the guy's head. Was he immediately thinking, oh, he broke his nose. Let me hit him in the nose. Or was it more instinctual? Like, oh, I'm just going to cross check him near his face. Oh, that's right. He broke his nose. My bad. I don't know. Either way, you don't do that to another team's captain, especially Patrice Bergeron. And there was no response from the Bruins. Now, obviously, it was late in a tie game. But still, no big hits, no hard shifts, no chirping, no fighting, obviously. There's got to be some response. And Martian was there. Like, this wasn't a case of, like, Nashville where Martian wasn't even on the ice. Like, there was no response. And you have enough guys on that bench that should probably do something. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, I think you saw some pushback by people saying, you know, it was a 1-1 game in the third period, what have you. Like, all right, well, you're not looking for, like, a full, like, Donnie Brook like, line brawl, right? <laughs> but, like, again, you kind of said it. Like, where's the the heavy forecheck on the, the subsequent subsequent shift? Where's, like, the, the heavy check? Where's anything like that that makes guys think twice about hitting your captain and one of the more respected guys in the league? And, I mean, you've got guys out there, right? It's not like, you know, we talk about the, the construction of the roster, and there's some issues with it, as I think we've talked about before, with how this team's built. But whether it be a guy like Trent Frederick or, like, Nick Felino or something like that, you've got personnel in place, right? Forbert. It's not like they're... Yeah, Forbert, like, there's guys there that, again, we're not looking for, like, you're doing, like, a Mortal Kombat, like, or gets on a Stone Cold <laughs> Stunner on the ice. But, like, where's, like, the pushback or where's any of that response? Like, where, I mean, if Frederick's in the lineup, which he's been in the last couple of days now, when he's not, whether it be that game against the Predators where, I mean, he took, like, that inadvertent, like, what was, like, a headbutt, more or less, from Forsberg that broke his nose, like, whether it's that game or this game against Vancouver, where's, like, a guy like Frederick? In the mix it's not getting involved in a scrum and laughing on a guy's face like where's the frederick that you saw from you know the first 10 games last year where everyone became enamored with him right like where he's not just dropping the gloves but also like giving heavy checks and making guys think twice about you know taking liberties with other players so again it's not like we're looking for like a full-on like you know uh brawl or anything like that but the lack of like a response from this team that is already like trying to struggle to find its identity. It feels like it's a pretty much a layup when like your captain's getting knocked around of like, this is a team wide response. We can get behind. It's easy to get everyone into everyone pulling on the same rope. Like it's not like you're going to battle with Tom Wilson and having multiple guys drop the gloves against him. Like just, you know, being physical and countering a team that's taking liberties with your captain, pretty cut and dry response. It seems, and you're not seeing it yet. So it's very disappointing considering they've got, personnel out there that should be willing to step up and whether it be that game against Nashville or yesterday against uh, Vancouver haven't gotten it yet it's funny like you remember uh you know a lot of people are saying oh Bergeron seems more angry this year and last year too and I think it's because he feels he has to stand up for himself in a way whereas you know you had Chara before and there were other guys in the lineup now there really isn't that big enforcer presence as that's kind of gone out of the league um but even last year I mean remember when Brandon Carlo got uh, concussed from that hit from Wilson and the response from the team, like Bergeron went over and talked to Wilson and Tenorti dropped the gloves. And there were all after, these like, different dr- things. After driving up from what was it, like Nashville or wherever he was yeah. going, like, <laughs> like first assignment, you're Tom fighting Wilson. Tom Wilson, <laughs> but he did it. Yep. He did it. And that was a big reason why the Rangers picked him up was he was that, he's that kind of guy. He's that kind of teammate. And there was no response. And granted, you're not playing the Canucks again, so you're not going to go, like, <laughs> find Burroughs in the parking lot of, like, a, yeah. in Pittsburgh. Um, but they're just – that should be kind of a thing, a, a wake-up call. Like, hey, you know, your captain got cross-checked right in his broken nose. 
Maybe there needs to be some sort of response to that. And again, as you said, it doesn't need to be a Donnybrook. It doesn't need to be a line brawl. But hard hits, you know, play on the edge. Again, Trent Frederick, you mentioned that thing, and you've been we've been saying this off the air, you know, over text and stuff. Every time he goes into a scrum, he's just laughing his ass off. And I get it. You know, you laugh at guys. You try to demean them. But it's a terrible look to everybody else and to actually being an enforcer when you just go in smiling every time. And I just think that's a little bit of a bad look. Again, go in with, you know, play with a little tenacity, why don't you? So, I don't know. I don't think the Bruins need to trade for or acquire an enforcer. That is not going to do the trick. I just think the guys you have need to stand up a bit. Because I don't think, these aren't tough assignments. It's just like fortune harder. Or, you know, finish a check. Or just friggin' put a guy through the glass. I mean, I don't know. Pick your poison. Like, do what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, Anyways, anyways, uh, it's somewhat of a safe bet that the Bruins will stand up for Bergeron next time. Hopefully, hopefully. But when we're talking about bets we like to make, it's our good friends over at Bet Online. Absolutely, Evan. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the match to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. 50%. Evan, I'll be honest. I'm in quarantine. Not seeing a lot of people, but it was a light... <laughs> There was a light rapping at my at my window, and there was a man out there. And I was like, dude, you got to get the fuck away from me. Like, I, and he's like, no, I just wanted to let you know. I just wanted to let you know. No one beats that. And I'm no like, dude, get, get the hell away from me. Like, get, <laughs> get away. But he wanted to let us know that. Yeah. I mean, credit to him. That's still bigger than the guy who stopped you on uh, traffic on the pike. That was, like, the biggest one. That was dangerous. But, that was, just, that was I mean, dangerous. That was totally reckless. Like, this man was putting, you know, life in his hands, too, with a person – COVID positive, but let's get off the road. Like, it's great. It, listen, 50% welcome bonus. No one beats it. It's true, but it's going to be self-aware. Head on a swivel here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, no, good to see uh, Good to see the people, even when you're in quarantine, are still uh, finding ways to get to you and finding ways to to spread the message. That they, they've got the message. Speaking of people who are reckless and just out there, how about the guy um, – the guy who uh, was at the Canucks game that, that they kept showing with the Martian jersey, who uh, who put his thumbs with the Canucks fans behind him. That, that guy. Like that was like a paid actor. No, that yeah, was. <laughs> that did seem kind of like set up, but it, I don't think it was. Uh, I thought it was Spoke Z. I also think that was EDT outside of Twitter headquarters. I thought that was that that could have been him. So that could have um, been him. Yeah, that guy was, I felt that guy was in enemy territory, but credit to him. I mean, that takes guts. I don't know if I could go into, uh, an opposing team. Like, I don't know if I could go to like a Yankees game with a Red Sox jersey on. I don't think I like have the, the courage for that. You know, I don't think I have that in me. You know, I think I just, all... no, I don't like, think I do. Uh, the problem is like you'd have that and like you'd all be for like getting like some booze and be like, ah, okay, yeah. The problem yeah, is like there'd be the one guy who's like, you know, fucking kill you it's yeah, like, that's right, dude, like <laughs> dude like seriously yeah like, like the, i'm all for a little jeer you know what have you like ah, oh, yeah whatever and then like there's that one guy who's like i'm gonna make it my priority to go to jail tonight because i fucked this <laughs> kid with a red sox hat <laughs> or like he takes his beer bottle smash it over the seat yeah. and has it like ready to go yeah that's, those are the people like, this is my moment yeah no no need for it please don't no 
No, that's, see, that's the thing. Like, it would be more fun to do that and, like, play around with some Yankee fans and, like, have them be funny. Like, you know that, like, when Carabas goes to Yankee Stadium, there's probably a guy who takes it way too seriously and is like, dude, I'm going to, like, burn your house down or something like yes. that. And I'm just like, what? So, anyways, yeah. I don't know how we got on this topic, but we did. It's all uh, the guy the guy, the guy, guy at the window. Like, it's just, yeah. you got to have boundaries, guys. Again, He's crazy. 50% welcome bonus, though. Pretty good. Promo code. CLNS 50. CLNS 50. Don't forget it. Um, anyways, the Bruins having tough times scoring. Huh. Have we talked about oh, this? I don't think we've talked about this before. Time is a flat circle, Evan. T- time just, it's, it's like the, it's deja vu. That's what it is. Uh, and we are talking about, should they split up the top line? Which I think we're both in agreement on this. Yes. What, yeah, what do I, you have to lose? <laughs> At this point, what else like move is there? Like, I if we go into this game on Thursday, and I'm going to say this, it's going to happen, and it's going to be like, well, like Carson Coleman's in. Like, <laughs> you guys have to do something more drastic than that. And I'm, I'm not trying to bury, I'm not trying to bury Carson Coleman because, like, when he goes into the lineup, you know, he does his job and he's very active and he, you know, but you need something more substantial to shake up these lines right now because. You know, you're not trading for getting guy from DeRusk right away. Even if a move happens the next day or so, you're not getting him for at least a couple more days. You're probably not getting this, you know, a guy like Hurdle or Miller or anything like that in the immediate future. So what do you have to do to really shake up these lines? Easiest way is to break up that, that top line and whether that be, you know, Martian and Hall swapping, which is probably the more unlikely scenario. I mean, I think the one people probably look at the most is Pasternak Smith, which Hell, if you get that second line rolling a little bit more, because it's not only the fact that, you know, you need to give a guy like Coyle more firepower, but you also need to get get a guy like Taylor Hall going. Well, that mm-hmm. I mean, you saw that in uh, when Marsham was suspended. Like, even though that top line with Hall didn't score, looked pretty good, right? Like, Taylor Hall looked a lot more engaged. He looked more like the Hall you saw during that six-week stretch last year when he was with Krejci and Smith, where you had a legit guy paired with him. So, um it's one of those things where down the road, again, we've said this before, they desperately need a 2C to push, you know, guys like Coyle and Halla down the lineup. But for right now, as you try to find the next piece, it seems like the easiest, you know, switcheroo or a way to really inject or shake up those lines is is to break up that top line. So whether it's Pasternak and Smith or Halla Martian, either one gives you a different look and at the very least should give you you know, just more options throughout the lineup. Because, again, it's not just the fact that I think Bergeron with either Martian or Pasternak is still going to be a very good line. You need to get that second line going, and especially a guy like Hall, who, I mean, uh, that second line as a whole struggled against Vancouver, but Hall especially, I mean, was just brutal. Like, you need someone that really can get him going and someone that can maybe play with him in terms of his speed, which is where Pasternak could work. Because um, you just need him to start bearing some chances because you need him to get on a roll. Yeah, it's funny. He missed a, a wide open one timer, uh, on a two on one. And what's funny is Trent Frederick started the play. Like Trent Frederick got, I think, I forget who passed the puck across to Hall, but he got that player the puck. And it's like, you know, obviously we all say, well, Taylor Hall needs a legit second line center. Well, that was a, a chance and he just blew it. And I think that's one of the things where it's like, at some point, dude, you got to just bury your chances. Like you're paid to bury those chances. You got to bury them or you got to create your own. Like that's got to happen at some point. Um, I'm also surprised that with Joe Sacco as head coach, he hasn't like tried to finagle things around. Like if you give like, you know, the, the inmates to run in the asylum kind of thing, like, oh, let's 
Brooch isn't here. Let's run wild. Let's change up the top two lines. Yeah, like, and then, then Bruce would be like our podcast listener and he'd be punching the steering wheel. <laughs> I guess like he switched up the Bergeron line. So I imagine he still has quite a bit of input. Yes, uh, yes. Far, I don't, but... <laughs> oh, Bruce, we missed your five calls about the lineup. Sorry about oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Time difference. Joe Sacco is like the cop from the town where he just like looks <laughs> and just looks away as he sees the, yep. <laughs> oh, Bruce is calling. Oh, none of us saw that though. No one saw Bruce <laughs> yes. calling there. Yeah, no one saw him calling. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I've I've been in favor of this since the start of the season. Like, I think putting Poshnok and Hall together would be tremendous. I think you would you would see them both again. It draws defenders to one or the other. You have to focus on one of them, leaving the other more space. And I don't understand why it hasn't happened quicker. Um, and again, we know that most players work with uh, Martian and Bergeron. Craig Smith, I think. We know we'll work with those two. I don't see the issue with doing that. What do you have to lose? You're a middle of the pack team. Like this is not like you're defending first place and you're scoring a lot and you want to like try things out. You're not actually. You are out of a wild card spot. You are struggling against teams that are not good. So hell yeah, why not? Like I don't see the issue with that. Um, and again, don't do it for like a period. Do it for a game. Like yeah, get a full sixty minutes under their belts and see. What it looks like. And against Edmonton and Calgary are perfect uh, times to try those things. Except Calgary, obviously, defensively is ridiculously good. So maybe, maybe it won't be as easy that game. But but it also very well. well could be if a defensive-minded team like Calgary makes it a little bit tougher whereas, as opposed to throwing the kitchen sink at one line to neutralize them and knowing you probably got a pretty good chance of stopping them. Now you got to handle two. Whoa, crazy yeah. how that one math. works. It's crazy. Math. Math is... Not good at that. But anyways, yes, they should split the top line. Um, we, we discussed uh, need more from Taylor Hall. That's for freaking sure. Um, it continues to hit at this point. And again, the trade deadline is for a while now. But the, because Jake DeBrusque is getting dealt, uh, the trade deadline for Jake DeBrusque has come earlier. So now we got, we're talking trades in December which is always fun. But this team needs change. This team actually does need to make some substantial moves because they should not be rebuilding. This should be a competing team. I know Mike Milbury uh, said on WEI, uh, I think Thursday morning, that they should trade Bergeron for uh, picks or whatever, which I think is just outlandishly stupid. Because- yeah, I, I take a lot of solace in what Mike Milbury has said about anything GM-related about a thing. It's also yeah. funny, every time he calls in, it's always usually some like, bullshit clickbait kind of headline anyway seems like he's wants to get his name out there it's crazy weird but yeah i'm not gonna put a lot of stock into that yeah i also just find it hilarious when you think about it actually i'm not even gonna entertain this not entertaining it nope sorry i was gonna i was gonna go down that rabbit hole i'm not <laughs> we have a certain amount of time and it's not worth my time um anyways <laughs> i almost went down that. that that just goes to show that goes to show um but no i think that change does need to happen and it's not trading Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand or David Pasternak or whatever, but it is adding a or finding a way to add someone that can help in the top six that will require whether that be picks or uh, prospects, which you don't have a lot of um, or finding a way to trade Jake DeBrus for someone legitimate. And Elliot Friedman reported on Tuesday night in his 32 thoughts column that they're in, they would not mind taking a chance on a young player, which, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, uh, Connor. I was watching uh, Nesson, or I was flipping around channels the other day, and there was an old Bruins game from, I think it was um, November 2018 against the Leafs. And they did a shot of the bench. 
It was like JFK, Ryan Donato. I think Andres Bjork might have been there. And I was like, huh. Imagine if like one of those guys ended up working out. I mean, great. Bjork turned into Taylor Hall. But still, like, so what kind of change do you think needs to happen? Well, I think you need like immediate change for right now in terms of like what you have in-house to shake things up. And I think you need to, again, you can't wait until the deadline of Maj to make another move. And, you know, Joe Sacco kind of preached patience after the game against Vancouver where it's, you know, they're getting shots on net. They're just not generating quality chances. Sooner or later, luck's going to go their way. And I can see the merit of like the Bruins, I think, have been plagued by dreadful puck luck this year. I think, what, they're tops in the league and expected goals and what have you. I so, mean, like, truthfully, like on, on, on Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, McAvoy hit the post. Hall mm-hmm. scored offsides. So there were yeah. like those instances. And they've run, and they've run quite a few like off the post and off the crossbar. I'm like, listen, they're getting good chances and they're not bearing them. Sooner or later, you have to imagine like the fortune's going to go their way, but that also doesn't mean you can just kind of tread water and like, you know, flip Carson Coleman in and out of the lineup and hope that's what's going to get you through this, this, you know, kind of malaise right now, right? Like you're still in a wild card spot, you're still, you've got three teams ahead of you that look much better than you right now. Like you can't keep on kind of just waiting for the, the pucks to bounce your way. Like if, when there's other options you can do, whether that's in house and that's splitting up the top line, whether that's, you know, giving a guy like Jack Ashan a, a look or a guy like Oscar Steen a look over guys who aren't producing. Like I think there needs to be something done right now to um, kind of shake things up and send a message across that, yeah, we're getting good looks, but like we need to convert on these chances. Like we're, we're still not, uh, you can look at all the expected goals, all the shot chair uh, metrics, everything like that. And it paints a picture of a team that is better than it should be, which I think is the case. I think the Bruins are probably better than they should be. Well, that's, how many more wins they'd have if Rask was in that, or if they've had just a few more pucks go their way. Like, I think they are a good team. A contender right now, probably not, but they are a good team. But I think you still need to, you know, the, the onus is on you to still put your best foot forward to kind of shake things up and, and set the message across. So whether that's splitting up the lines or what have you, there needs to be something done because the status quo of just waiting for the, the numbers to finally fall your way who knows? Maybe it works out, but right now it seems like you can't keep on treading water and wait for it eventually to, to fall your way. Not with you kind of clinging to a wild card spot right now, and three teams ahead of you that I don't know about you, Evan. Doesn't look like they're really slowing down anytime soon, right? If anything, they're going to get better. Like Tampa's going to get Kucherov and Point back. Like these teams are going to keep on getting better, and you have to either that whether it be making moves further down the line or shaking things up right now. You have to do something to get guys more pulling on the same rope. I mean, again, if it's not, if the numbers are not, if you're not going back to the mean against the Canucks, you're, you're, you're not, you got real problems. So to me, I, I look at it and again, it comes down to switching the top line. Like, what is there to lose? Again, and it's even, I mean, even a lot of these games they've won recently because be, have been because of the top guys stepping up on power plays or, you know, at five on five, but no one outside of that is doing anything. And I think, Again, it just, it's the same issues every single year. The secondary scoring isn't there. And I said this at the beginning of the year, like if guys like Felino and Hala and Nosek and those guys, you know, with the, you, you've, you've gotten better depth wise. And if your lines actually produce, you're going to be a whole lot better. And I think I'm still correct in that. And that if their third line was producing more or they had a set for, uh, you know, their second line was producing more, Taylor Hall was producing more, <laughs> you're a much better team, but that isn't, that, that has not been the case. So. A lot of things that are not amazing in the land of the Bruins, but 
it's December, so things will continue on. They will play uh, the Oilers. They did play the Oilers on Thursday night. They'll play Calgary on Saturday, and they're home. No, yeah, they come right home, and they'll play the Golden Knights. So things do not exactly get easier uh, for your Boston Bruins. But to follow all that stuff, go on over to Boston Sports Journal. What can the people look forward to over at uh, Boston Sports Journal? Yes, we'll uh, continue to break down these late-night games. We'll have plenty of content up both immediately in the aftermath of these games and stuff in the morning before you wake up if you don't want to stay up and watch these largely dreary games, as was the case <laughs> against Vancouver on Wednesday. So we'll have all that stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe to bostonsportsjournal.com. want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For Sealness Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.